familiar in one way, but it's unfamiliar uh, this morning because unlike before where we would have a completely empty sanctuary, this morning it's empty of people, uh, but it is filled with junk as uh, we're in the middle of the abatement slash new carpet for the second floor. And so uh, all the stuff from the second floor has been moved in here. Um, and uh, we're, later this week, I'll get you information on when we're going to do that. We'll uh, get everything moved back up. So for next Sunday, we should be good to have service again in here and have everything uh, squared away. And hopefully, uh, they'll make some progress on the carpet this week upstairs, and we'll have a lot of that done as well. But for this morning, um, we're, we're back to the live stream only. I appreciate everybody's patience. We've been making good progress on these generational projects, including getting rid of the asbestos and getting new carpet upstairs. And so um, it was a little inconvenient this morning, um, but uh, I appreciate everybody uh, uh, helping um, as, we, as we pursue that. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue the se sermon series. There's not going to be any music or anything with the stuff everywhere. It would have been hard for our piano people to, to get in here and our singers. So it's just going to be a sermon this morning. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to look in Exodus chapter 3. I would encourage you, uh, if you do have a Bible nearby, to, to pick it up and look at it as we go through, because we're going to look at um, a number of different passages here. Uh, there's uh, five interactions between God and Moses as, um, as Moses is being called uh, to, to go to Egypt and, and do this mission for uh, God. And we want to talk about the excuses that he uses as to uh, why he doesn't feel like he can do that. So if you have your Bible, we're just going to read Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to read the first 11 verses to kind of set the stage, and then, uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? This is the word of the Lord. So as we, um, as we talk about this passage this morning, we've been talking about spiritual gifts for a few weeks, and as we talk about spiritual gifts, 
um, this passage is really focused on excuses. And, and Moses here lays out a series of five excuses as God calls him to go and do something for him, in this case, go down to um, Egypt and to be able to, to bring the Israelites out of captivity. Uh, Moses comes up with these five excuses. And, and it, it's, for me, this is kind of a, a, a passage that's a little bit personal because I, I go back to um, when I was being called into ministry and, as you know, the, the path I wanted to pursue was law. And over that period of time, as God was calling me, I kept having, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? I had these series of excuses as to why God shouldn't ask me to do that or why I shouldn't go and do what God was calling me to do. And as we've been talking about spiritual gifts, it is an issue where, for most of us, um, we don't respond the first time God calls. But instead, when we feel like God is, is moving us to step up and serve, we, well, what about that factor or that factor? And so as we look into this passage this morning, um, I think the excuses that Moses gives are many of the excuses that we give. And so, as I said, it's kind of personal for me, but I hope it's also personal for you that as we go through these five things, that one or two of them will jump out in terms of, okay, what you feel like God is calling you to do and what you feel like God can do through you, um, being able to understand that the excuse that you give is insufficient. In fact, the good news here is not only do we have the excuses that Moses gives, but then, after that, in each case we have God answering Moses. And so we don't just, this morning, have the excuses that we use, but we have the answer that God gave Moses as to why, no, 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 there's something that I'm giving you that will allow you to overcome that. So we're going to talk about five things this morning, and we start here in the verse uh, that, we, uh, that we ended with. So in verse 11, uh, God has laid out this, this whole uh, plan of, of what he's going to do. And in verse 11, we find the first excuse. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So the, the first excuse is, Surely not me. Surely not me. As you think about all that, that can be done and needs to be done, uh, oftentimes the first thing that we kind of think is, similar to what Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I that I should step out and, and participate in this ministry? Who am I that, that I should be the one that goes and, and makes a difference in this situation? For many of us, we, we don't have that sense that we are somebody that God can do great things through. We know our struggles, we know our difficulties, we know our shortcomings. And so we look at that and we just say, I I'm not sure that you've got the right person. Who, who am I that you would choose me? And yet, the response that God gives, and he says some more things, but the first thing that he says in verse 12 is really key. It says, and God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. So our first statement is, surely not me, surely not I. And, and God's response is, you will have my presence. You will have my presence. And so, as we go forward, a lot of times we, we have that sense of, I don't know if I can do it. And God's responding here, as he tells Moses, I will go with you, with a statement of basically, you're not going by yourself. This isn't me saying, okay, I want you to do this, now you go do that, and you're, and you're on your own, I hope it works out good. But God is saying, I'm going to go with you. It's going to be us as a team that goes forward and accomplishes this. And so when we feel inadequate, the, the response that God says is, okay, 
you may not have everything, you may not have all the abilities, you may not have all the resources, but I am going with you and I will provide what you need. We're going to get more into that in a second. My presence is going to be with you. I love the, the story I heard a pastor tell several uh, years ago. He was back in, uh, in school, and when he was in school, he, he was, one of the jobs he had was reading for uh, some of the students that were attending that school who were blind. And so he would come in and read the assignment so the student could, could hear what the assignment was. And in the course of doing that with one student, he asked the, this, uh, this college student, he said, so how did you become blind? And the young man said, well, when I was 13, there was an explosion, and, and I was blinded. And, and the, the pastor said, well, how did, that, how did that impact you? Like, how did you respond to that? And, and the man said, well, for the first six months, you know, I just stayed in my room. I wanted to eat alone. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be around anybody. I felt like my life was over. I felt like I couldn't do anything, that, that I had no future. And then he said, finally, one day, it was getting to be fall, and my dad came in the room and he said, I'm going to work. He said, the, um, uh, the, the windows need to be, the screen need to be uh, put down for, for winter. I, I need that done before uh, I get home. And just turned around and walked out. And he said, first, I was just so furious that, you know, here I am, I, I'm blind, I shouldn't be doing anything like that. And my dad comes in and just tells me to do that. And then I thought, and then I got angry. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go do it. He can have a blind son who's also paralyzed because I fell off the ladder and ended up hurting myself. And so he said, I went out, and in the garage I found what I needed to find, the, um, the ladder, and went out and, and took the, the screens down for the winter. And he said, by the end of it, I, I realized, even though I was blind, that you know, I didn't have to just sit in my room doing nothing. I, I still had abilities. I still could go and, and be productive. He said it was a a life-changing day for me because I realized that I still had a future. And he said the thing that I didn't know until years later was that day as I was out there on the ladder and doing that, he said I found out later that my dad was never more than four or five feet away from me the entire time. And, and as we go forward, it's, it's initially scary because God's calling us and we don't feel like we have that ability. But God says, I will go with you. And that's where we start. The second excuse Moses uses is in verse 13. So God tells him that he'll go with him. And then Moses comes back. Again, it's going to be excuse after excuse. Moses comes back in verse 13 and says, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? So the second excuse is, I don't know enough. I, I don't know enough. And, and here Moses says, okay, well, if I do go down and they ask me questions, what if I don't know the answer? If they, if they ask me, uh, if they say, if I tell them the, the God of your fathers has sent me and they ask me, what's his name? What, what am I going to say? I, I don't know enough to be able to, to answer them. And uh, as we think about that, there's a couple things that we need to remember. First of all, um, there is no biblical character that God sends forth and as he sends them forth, he knows everything. He has all the answers. He has everything squared away. He has complete knowledge, other than, of course, Jesus. Everybody else goes forward with, with a limited knowledge. And, and so as we go forward, if, if we're going to hang back until we know everything, we're never going to go. God calls us to go forward. 
And as we do that, let's say we're, we're witnessing to somebody or we're having a conversation with somebody or we're ministering and we don't know what to do. You know what? There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. There's no shame in that. And finding somebody else that can help us, if it's a theological question, asking the pastor, or if it's a ministry question, asking somebody else within that ministry, there's nothing wrong with that. But look at the response that God gives. When, when Moses says, I don't know enough, in 14 and following, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said uh, to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. Verse 16, go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, and then he continues on down through there explaining everything. And so in response to when we say, I, I don't know enough, the response of God here as he lays that out is, is, I have the plan. I have the plan. And oftentimes when, when we are stepping out and thinking about serving and we don't feel like we know enough, again, going back to what we talked a minute ago, we kind of feel like a lot of it's on us. And the beauty is we're just supposed to be participating in what God is calling us to do. God is the one with the plan. God's the one with the kingdom of God. God is the one that is directing us. And our job is to simply do what he asks us to do. One of my favorite passages is, is John chapter 15, where it, it talks about the fruit. And, and the idea there is if simply we are in Christ and dwelling close to him, then that fruit's going to naturally come. And so as we look at our lives and what God is calling us to do, the, the reality is I don't have to manufacture some big plan. I just go forward in obedience. God here has the plan for what he wants uh, Moses to do. He just simply needs to walk forward in obedience. And when he doesn't know something, he just refers back to the plan of what God has said to do. And in our case, God has given us the plan of what we are to do in the New Testament, how we are to go forward and witness, how we are to go forward and serve. And we are to do that. And when we don't know something, we go back and check the Bible to see what it has to say. And so even when we don't feel like we understand everything, that's not an excuse because God is the one who has made the plan. But Moses has another excuse. As you look down at verse chapter 4 and verse 1, having laid out the plan, um, God then has Moses come back and give a third excuse. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So the third thing that we say is, what if? What if? Sometimes, as we think about going forward, we'll, we'll consider, okay, I, I'm going to step out and minister, I'm going to go and, and witness, or I'm going to uh, start to serve. And as we step out, we, we have, okay, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or what if the other? And we have all these scenarios for ways that it could go wrong, or ways that I might mess up, or, or ways that it might get sideways. And we, we roll through all these different scenarios in our head, thinking about all the different things that could happen. What if this and what if that? But Moses hears God respond in verses 2 through 9. It says there, Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it to the ground. Moses threw it to the ground. It became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out, uh, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, 
has appeared to you. And then he goes on and gives him two more uh, tools to use. And so the response to um, our question about what if is that God is the one who has given us the tools. God is the one who has given us the tools. So here Moses says, well, what if? And God gives him the tools to be able to handle the different scenarios he's going to come into. And, and as we go forward, we think, well, you know, if, if I start doing this, well, what if that happens or what if this happens or what if the other? And, and we need to understand God has given us the Bible for direction. He's given us the Holy Spirit for internal guidance. He's given us the church around us to be able to support us and encourage us along the way. God has given us the tools that we need to be able to go forward, even in the different scenarios that we're not sure which is going to happen. And so when we say, well, what if, and, and worry about us coming across something that we won't be able to handle, what we need to remember is God is the one who has given us the tools. And he knew all the scenarios that might come about and he has given us the tools to be able to do whatever we need to do in a way where we can accomplish what he has called us to do because he's the one that has resourced us. He's the one that has given us what we need. Now, Moses comes back with another excuse. Look at uh, verse 10 of chapter 4. It says there, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So the fourth excuse Moses gives is, I don't have the right abilities. I don't have the right abilities. I know you're calling me to go forward and, and to go and, and talk to Pharaoh, but I've never been a good talker. I've never been particularly eloquent. I'm not the person that, that you should have and, and go and do that. I don't have the right abilities. But look at what God says in verse 11 and 12. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight and makes them, or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So God's response is, I made you. I'm the one that created you. And so you, you look at that and you say, I don't have the right abilities, and God is kind of shaking his head at us and saying, you say you don't have the right abilities. I'm the one that created you. I'm the one that is calling you to this particular task. And I'm the one that made you. I'm the, I know exactly what's inside of you. I'm the one that's chosen you for this. And I know that you're somebody that can do it. And so as we think about that, we need to understand that as God is calling us, when we feel that, that stir of the Holy Spirit inside of us, pushing us to go forward and, and to do something for him, and we, we feel like, you know, I'm just not sure that I have the right abilities. God is the one who created us in the first place. He's the one, going back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago, He's the one that gave us, at the moment of salvation, a spiritual gift to use to go forward and, and make a difference for Him. And so He's the one that's brought all that together. And even though we may not feel like we have the right abilities at times because we have doubt and, and uncertainty in our heart, as we think about the reality that, you know what? God is the one who is calling me to do this. And God is the one who made me. He knows me better than I know myself. We need to step forward believing that He is the one that knows best when it comes to how we serve. I remember a story uh, Thomas Toole tells of um, he, was, he and a friend of his were down in Texas. They had gone and done um, prison ministry for, for the day and they were driving back and they, they stopped at this diner and um, and as they were, they were stopped there, um, they ordered coffee, and um, 
the one fellow put, the fellow that Thomas was with, put three big spoonfuls of, of sugar in his coffee. And then he was hollering for the waitress, hey, I, I need some more sugar over here. And uh, the waitress kind of put her, her hand on her hip and looked at him and she said, well, before I give you more, you need to stir what you got. And for a lot of us, when we think about, oh God, I, I, I wish I could do something great for you. I want to make an impact. I want, I want to leave a legacy. And sometimes we think about some big project or something uh, major that would get in the news or lots of people would know about. And for many of us, God has put very simple things in front of us where he wants us to obey. Going to a neighbor and serving in a way that we're gifted at or, uh, or helping out with a, a Sunday school class or, or something like that. And, and God has called us to do these small things. And instead of saying, well, you know, I guess it would need to be something really big. God looks at us and he says, stir what you got. Stir the abilities that I've given, given you and start to use them so that you can make a difference in a small way and that will build to where I want you to be. Of course, even though God says, I made you, Moses has a final excuse in verse 13. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. And so the last excuse is somebody else could do it better. Somebody else could do it better. And so God here, or Moses here says, you know, I, I, I've, I've given you all the excuses, and you've responded to everyone, and the reality at the end is, I, I just don't want to do it. And it's interesting um, that in verse 14, as God responds there, um, and this is easy to overlook because he immediately goes in talking about Aaron, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. But verse 14 says, Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Why is that? Why, after Moses had given these different excuses and God had answered him, why did the Lord's anger burn against Moses? And it was because after God had adequately answered every concern that Moses had, at the end of the day, Moses, verse 13, pardon your servant, Lord, please send somebody else. At the end of the day, Moses just said, no, I, I don't want to do it. Please, please, send, please send somebody else. And in, in what we've talked about in this sermon series, you know, we've talked, been talking about spiritual gifts and we've talked about what we can bring to the table and how the church isn't everything that, that it needs to be if, if we're not all serving. And, and we've kind of talked about those, those visionary things. But, but there's another side of it too that has to be talked about. And we've alluded to this a little bit in, the, in one of the earlier sermons. And that is that there, this is not, as we think about using our spiritual gifts and serving, this is not optional. God isn't saying through, through Paul as he writes about spiritual gifts, listen, I, I've given you these. If you want to use them, you can. If you want to leave them on the shelf, that's fine. It's totally up to you. You make the decision. No, God has given them, and we are instructed. We are commanded to go forward and use these in a way that, in a way that expands the kingdom of God. And we talked last week about the fact that, you know, to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, we need to use the resources that God has given us. And we need to understand that when we don't, Verse 14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. God was very displeased with Moses when he still refused to serve. But as you continue on down through there, it's interesting the answer that God gives. And he, he does try to accommodate Moses because of Moses' uh, unwillingness to serve. God says, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad 
deceived. And so God makes an accommodation. Um, he, he brings Aaron onto the scene so that as Moses goes down, uh, he says to Moses, you can tell Aaron what to say, and Aaron can be the spokesman. And so we could say, well, you know, it, it all worked out okay because, you know, Moses ended up not having to uh, do the speaking, and Aaron showed up, and, and everything worked out great. But we need to remember, this is plan B. God's plan was for Moses to go by himself, not to have Aaron with him. And as you go much later in the story, and we're not going to flip over there this morning, but as you go much later in the story, there's that horrible uh, scene when Moses goes up to the mountain to meet with God, and Aaron basically uh, lets the Israelites make a golden calf after Moses has only been gone up there for just a, a, a few days. And it's easy in that scenario to say, well, you know, I mean, I, I guess Aaron wasn't that great of a leader. It's too bad that he was there. And you've got to take it all the way back to this scene and say, you know what, Aaron wasn't supposed to be there. This was plan B. God was accommodating Moses because Moses would not be obedient. And sometimes when we get a little further down the line and we look around and we say, man, things aren't working out as well as I thought they would, sometimes it's because you can go all the way back to the source and say, you know what, I originally didn't say, didn't give God a full yes. I gave him a half yes, or I did part of what he wanted. And so he had to go with plan B. And we end up without seeing the fullness of God's will because that plan B wasn't what God wanted in the first place. Let's go back as we close uh, to part of that passage that I read at the beginning. Back in, um, in Exodus chapter 3, uh, let's look at verse 2. It's, the, the, it's where the burning bush encounter happens. It says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Luis Palou is um, one of the greatest evangelists of the 20th century, uh, especially down in South America. And he tells a story of when he was younger, um, I believe he was in seminary, and he felt great inadequacies in, in his own life. That, that How could God do anything through me? How could God make a difference through me at all? And so he didn't feel like that he was somebody that, was, that should expect God to do much through his life. One day he was in chapel, and this fellow came and spoke about this passage. And he talked about how the, the burning bush here, it was just a, you know, just a dry bunch of ugly sticks. And yet, when the presence of God showed up, something amazing happened through that. It wasn't how impressive that, burning bush was all by itself, it was the presence of God within it. it. It was just a dry bunch of ugly sticks before that, but the presence of God made the difference. And Luis says he, he went back uh, pondering that message and thought about his own life. He said, you know, I, I may just be a dry bunch of ugly sticks. I may not be impressive at all to look at, but if the presence of God is with me, then great things can happen. And as we look at this story this morning, 
it's a reminder to us we may not feel impressive, we may have a lot of excuses, we may not feel like God can do anything great through us, and it's not in what we have in and of ourselves, it's the spiritual gifts that God has given us, it's the presence of God within us, it's the plan of God in front of us, it's all those things we've talked about this morning where God is trying to convince Moses, I can do great things through you, it's all those things coming together that allow us to go forward and see God move through And so we need to ask ourselves in our life, whatever it may happen to be where you feel like God is calling you this morning, whether it's, like I said, just going next door and and helping a a neighbor, or whether it's starting a new ministry or stepping out in something within the church or, or something outside the church where you feel the Spirit of God calling you, as you think about that and as the Holy Spirit speaks to you there, are you going to use a bunch of excuses like Moses? Or are you going to recognize, like Luis did, that even if I'm not very impressive in and of myself, if I have the presence of God within me, then God can do great things through me. Father, I thank you this morning for each one that's listening. And I pray that your Holy Spirit, even though we're not together physically, I pray that your Holy Spirit has moved this morning in hearts, calling us to step out and do something for you. Father, so many of us do have those excuses and hold back. I pray that seeing ourselves in the life of Moses will encourage us to step out and believe that you can do great things even through someone like us. Father, we love you. We thank you for desiring... uh, to make our lives meaningful through service like this. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.